Well, good morning. We're grateful for a good crowd. It is one of those days where it's a little dreary outside, but we are always thankful to be able to come inside. We're always thankful for the opportunity to be together, and I'm amazed sometimes, maybe you feel the same way on days like today when we come in, it feels like a whole different place when you can separate yourself from the dreary weather and enjoy the smiling faces and the encouragement we have. As has already been said, we are especially grateful when there are those back in our midst who have been gone for a while. We're grateful for answered prayers, as Gary said, surely. with Brother Carl, and good to see Carl and Midge, and Sylvia, and Bill and Sylvia, and others who have made their way back over the course of time, or who have been out for, for various surgeries and things, and uh, we're just thankful for the opportunity to be together. If I could add one more to your prayer list that uh, came up over the weekend, if you have your outline, you can flip it over maybe and write down the Anderson family. The Anderson family, we shared this with our uh, youth group families yesterday, but uh, the Anderson family, uh, Scott Anderson is a youth minister from the Pontotoc, Mississippi area, and uh, they let us know, someone let us know that they were here in Chattanooga on vacation over the last few days and their son had a cyst that burst and they had to have surgery emergency surgery yesterday but that went well and the son's name is Michael Uh, and so we wanted to ask that family or ask you to pray for that family as we received word of that and we're thankful for successful surgery and hopefully the rest of their trip will be be okay but uh, we are grateful for those of you who are here and we're mindful of so many who are not able to be back with us just yet. The question that lies before us this morning as we begin is, how do we define success? How is it that we define success? And you're well aware that as we think about life, there are numerous ways that we define success based on whatever it is that we're talking about. When we think about sports, sometimes there are different things that define success. There is the eternal debate that we feel like goes on and on and on for all of eternity sometimes about who is the greatest baseball player or who is the greatest basketball player and is it the actual number of games you win or the number of championships that you win or, or maybe it's who had the best stats because they didn't have the best team around them so they didn't win championships and, and the debate can go on and on. I think about one thing that we usually, almost everyone goes through at some point in their life maybe, even if you're told by your doctor, is the idea that you need, need to lose a little bit of weight. You need to do a little bit better with your health. Well, it, when you think about your health improving, is that actual weight loss? Is it that you need to lose two pounds a week or, or 10 pounds in a month or, or something like that? Or is it simply that your numbers improve? You know, some people, they struggle maybe to keep, keep their weight down or to lose weight. And so maybe it's just that their blood pressure improves or, or their cholesterol improves. And so we'd say that's success when it comes to your health. It's not always about just losing or shedding the pounds. I think about our job or our work. We've all held various jobs and done different things. And so sometimes somebody would say, well, success at work is, is what makes you happy. And then some of us who have a job that maybe we feel like we'll never really enjoy and doesn't exactly make us happy. Maybe for some people, it's, it's who makes the most money. You know, that's how you've been successful when, when your income reaches a certain level. And maybe you're not happy, but you're making more money. Or for some people, it's about moving up. You know, I want to move up in the company. Or, or for some people, it's just simply not getting fired. You know, if I can make it without getting fired, that's success. Maybe you've known some of those coworkers before. How do we define success? Of course, this morning, we're not worried about our jobs in that sense. We're not worried about sports. But maybe we should think about congregational success. And even as we go through the lesson, individual success. 
How would we define congregational success here? Is there a benchmark or a set of benchmarks that we could look at just as we do in our jobs? We have certain things, certain goals that we should obtain. Maybe there's a formula that we could come up with to decide what success is. You know, this idea kind of came to me from a, an article I read. There, there's a social media account that I, I follow, and it's titled, interestingly enough, it's titled Failing Pastor. And it's a bit of satire, and it, it's a bit of good nature humor about the work of a preacher or a minister. Uh, but let me even throw in that as this person who runs this account misuses the term pastor to mean preacher, which of course is not what the Bible says or teaches, I think it's also interesting because... God's design for the church, of course, is not that the pastor, as the, as the world uses the term, or the preacher is the sole person who defines success or the sole person upon whom success rests upon their shoulders. And so it's interesting that a, a failing pastor might feel that way because he is the sole leader of a congregation very often. But that wasn't God's design. I don't have to feel like everything is on me or that, that I'm a successful preacher or a, a failing preacher in a particular way. I'm thankful, even as we have this discussion this morning, for God's plan for his church. The way that he designed it to work with elders and with deacons and members who are all working together. That gives us the best shot at success. It's not just one person who carries the whole load, but it's all of us working together. And so with that being said, I'd read this article and this person who shares these articles from time to time had said, what would, what would be a successful preacher or a successful minister. And as I was reading, I thought there were some good ideas there. And I think we could take a look at a few of those things and see how we might define success this morning, even as we think about our congregation. Number one, success would be people showing up, not just to worship, but for each other. We talk about this a lot here because it's important. We encourage you time after time to be here to be present in the building but even I think as Charles might have said this morning in our class you, you can show up you can be here and do nothing else you can sit there with a blank stare on your face and, and not talk to anybody not even listen or participate in worship and leave and not be any different than if you went and sat at the mall for for a couple of hours and just sat there and watched people and and then turned around and went home so it's not just about showing up that's not everything but maybe success would be showing up, not just for worship, although that is important, but for each other. What does church mean to you? You know, we say, well, we don't go to church or, or we don't do church. And, and people mean well when they say that. They don't mean to say anything wrong when they say, well, we're going to church this morning. They're, they're not, they mean well in what they're saying. But then we always come in and we say, well, the church is the people, you know, and, and, and is that the way that, though, that you really see it? Do you, do you really see that? Because I think that some people use the phrase that way. When they say they're going to church, they mean that because they're going to an activity, they're going to a function, and then they're leaving. And when we think about what success might be, it's not just showing up at a function. It's not just punching your ticket. We don't just show up for church, but success would be us working together. We know the passages from the early church, Acts chapter 2 and verse 44 Acts 2.44, that all who believed were together and had all things in common. Sounds like success. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. 
again, I would say that we could show up, you could show up and sit here, and we could never really interact or talk to each other and leave, and, and nobody think that, that we are one heart and one soul, unless we're showing up for each other. Acts 9 and verse 31, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified had peace and were edified. The picture from the first century church is crystal clear. People were not just showing up to a building. They were not just showing up three times a week. They were showing up for each other. When I look around this room, even today, this crowd may never be together again the way that it is, as some folks are missing or here or there or out for a period of time. This crowd may never be the same, but even as I look at this crowd, I know the things that go on. I know the, the hurt and the heartache that we have all felt at various stages. And when we think about those situations, who is it that we turn to? Where do we go for help? Are we there for each other? Or do we sometimes feel like maybe our co-workers are more important than our church family or our family? And certainly our earthly family is important. But do we really feel like we can turn to one another? Because again, the picture from the first century church is of not just showing up to a building. And they do worship. We learn so much about worship from the first century church. But it's not even just that. But they are showing up for each other. And we know it continued. Not just from the book of Acts, because Paul would write in his epistles to the early churches, encouraging them to continue in these things. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That is the edification, the reminder for the church. We're to bear one another's burdens. We should be thankful that there is nothing that we will face. Not that it's not hard, because we'll face tough stuff. There is nothing that we can face that we'll have to face alone. Yeah, your family may forsake you. Many of you may feel like this church family is better for you or stronger for you than your own personal family. But we don't have to face anything alone because we have the church. Romans chapter 15 verses 1 and 2. That the strong should bear with the weak. And let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. I know we've had this discussion before, but, but the, also the beautiful part of this picture of us working together and showing up for each other is I need help sometimes. And then there's other times I don't need help, but you need help. And I know that when you help me, I am more than willing to help you. And it may, need that you, you, may be that you need help five times more than I do, but it doesn't matter. I'll be there every time because I know you do the same for me. We need to be here and be together and encourage one another. But it's not just showing up for worship. Maybe success would be showing up for each other. Go read Titus chapter 2. We don't have time this morning, but, but Titus 2, the qualities of a good, of a sound, of a strong church. A church that is doing more than showing up for worship, but is truly helping each other. Titus chapter 2, there's men, there are women, there are young, there are old, everyone together working for success what does success in the saudi church look like it's people showing up for each other and by the way i'll probably say this a couple of times but this is in no means a reprimand for the congregation at saudi i look around us and i, I do i see these things taking place i see us trying to help one another this is not a reprimand this is being done by some and to some degree but can we improve Absolutely. Can we reach out to others? We use the term sometimes fringe 
members or fringe people that we want to draw in and help them understand what it means to be a part of the family of the body, to really help each other. How do we define success? Well, maybe it's in the visits that we make, the meals that we provide, the fellowship that we have, the acts of mercy and kindness, the shepherding that we do in our families, the the evangelism that we share with others, and the list could go on and on. But it's showing up for each other. Number two, success might look like being perfect. People being perfect. And that's right, the preacher said he wants everybody to be perfect. And of course, people outside say they're always looking for a contradiction. Well, wait a minute. You, you're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. You guys say yourselves that only Jesus was perfect. But of course, James does say in James chapter 1 and verses 2 and through 4, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Jesus even says in the Sermon on the Mount that we've been talking about on Wednesday night, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Wait a minute, preacher, you already said you want us to be perfect. Now you want us to be perfect like God's perfect? I mean, let's talk about, you know, raising the bar too high here, setting an impossible task. So how do we rectify James's words and the words of Jesus? How do we rectify knowing that we cannot be perfect? And of course, the screen already tells you, but when we say perfect, the word translated in James chapter 1 and the word translated by Jesus there is teleos, which means mature. So if saying, if by saying we should be perfect, we mean mature, then yes. But here's the problem. The problem is that it's easy to look around us and see the imperfections, right? I mean, we can all do it. Hopefully, we all begin by looking internally first. But then we look around us and we see imperfections because nobody is perfect. Very often, we look around us and when, what we see is that the problems are at the forefront. Progress may seem slow. Things are not how I think that they should be. But a perfect, a mature person realizes that we are all a work in progress. That's what a mature, perfect person sees. When the standard is perfection or a full maturity, as we're talking about here, then it's easy to feel like a failure. But success is when we are all striving to be mature. Paul's admonition to those in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 20 is, In understanding, be mature or be perfect. Is it hard sometimes to be mature? Sure. When people don't do what we think that they should do? Sure. But the church is not made up of perfect people. But it should be made up of people who are striving to be mature in all things. In our dealings with each other. In our understanding of scripture. In our Christian walk. If we're being successful here, then everybody is going to be perfect mature. I still think that doesn't mean we're going to handle everything perfectly all the time, but we're striving to be mature. Number three, success would be people growing in Christ. Now, if you ask the preacher, this may be the answer. How do we define success? This might be it. Everyone is growing in Christ. You know, setting goals and numbers can be good. 
and, and helpful. If you're like me, I only worked in the secular world for, you know, about, about 13 years, but I had already had it ingrained in me. There are the goals that we have to meet. We have to hit these numbers. If you've worked in sales, if you work in, in report to a boss of any sort, we have these numbers that we have to hit. Those can be good, but it can also be hard to say, well, we only had five baptisms this year. Or we only had even one or two baptisms this year, so we're not succeeding. We must be failing. But if you ask the preacher, a good measure of success would be that people are growing in Christ. You know, Peter's encouragement to those who would read his letter in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 17 and, and verse number 18 is, Beware, beware lest you fall, so don't be led away in error, but... Don't be led away in error, but grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus gives it to us in parable form. Luke chapter 8, the parable of the sower. Don't wither away. Don't wither away for a lack of a root system. Don't get choked out by the riches and cares of the world, but grow as a plant, as your vegetables are this summer in your garden maybe. Grow strong and bear fruit that is a definition or one definition of success this congregation is successful when we are all growing in christ which is why we struggled through the pandemic and we thought about missing out on services but then we struggled even as we were missing out on bible classes it's why we preached about being here on Sunday night a few months ago or a few weeks ago as we thought about coming back together encouraging us to be here because it's when we're growing, and I hope that you grow in Christ, not just from the sermons, but from being together, from opening the word of God. It's very easy to, to go home and to get caught up in all the things. I, I know I did it for many years, and it's still easy for my family to, to simply go home and get caught up in the sports or the activities, in the housework, and the things that got to get done, and you don't always think about, if you're not diligent, you don't always think about opening your Bible and growing in Christ. And so we're thankful that our elders have said in the past, and we have now hopefully gotten back to meeting at least four times a week, three times on Sunday and once on Wednesday, to grow in Christ, to try to be together as we do that. This congregation is successful when we are doing that. Just as you have maybe heard it said before, I heard it said again recently, but we sometimes talk about the triangle of marriage, and we talk about a husband and a wife. And you may have heard it said that if we make God the top of the triangle that as a husband and wife are growing closer to God they're growing closer to each other things are getting stronger and as we think about that in this congregation we are all going to grow closer if we're going towards the same goal success would be us growing in Christ you don't have to worry about everything going on with me I don't have to worry about everything going on with you but if we're all striving for the same thing with growth then we'll have success I want nothing else for you in that sense. And I even think, you know, we honor our students. We honor our students who are honored in their schools. We honor our teachers of the year. We honor those of you who excel in your field of work. We try to put those things in the bulletin because we are thankful that you are doing well in your life. But those things are not worth it in the way that it comes to if we're not growing in Christ. Those things are not as important if we are not successful in that way. We're thankful for success here upon this earth. We're thankful for the opportunity that presents to be a good example to others. But it's not going to be worth it if we are not growing. 
I agree with the Apostle Paul. He wrote in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. This is what the preacher would say. I do not cease to pray for you. We could leave it there. That's a good thing for the preacher to say. I do not cease to pray for you. I do not cease to pray for you that you may be filled with his knowledge. With the knowledge of his will and that you increase and grow in the knowledge of God. Is that not what Paul was struggling with as he's probably traveling? As he is writing these epistles back to people, he's leaving them. And as he thinks about them later, he's writing back saying, My prayer, my constant prayer is that you are still growing. That you have not stopped and stayed where you are, but you are improving in your knowledge of the will of God. Once again, I love this congregation. I love this group of people. And in a general way, we are all here because we love God. And we're considering spiritual things. But just think. Think of the success that we could have if we are all growing in Christ. If we're all working towards that same goal. It's not something we test for. That's the number one way to get fired as a preacher. If you start giving homework and tests. You know, it's not something we test for. It's not a checklist each time that we walk in the building. Although we're thankful we put up a banner this year. As just a a way of maybe some positive peer pressure, just a little bit of a nudge, you know, that we would all strive to read a little more. But it's not a checklist. We don't we don't evaluate you every year. We don't sit down with the elders or the preacher and say, well, let's let's go through this. Have you improved or not? It's an individual thing. But just think of the success we could have if our attitude is that we are growing. Think of what we could accomplish if we have that attitude and push each other to keep growing all of these things that we've talked about already showing up for each other being mature growing in christ they're all connected if you think about it and they're all things that we should strive for but i've never heard it said better than what's going to be our last point here and it comes from our brother it's not original with me but our brother glenn collie who preaches for the west huntsville congregation he's put together a program it's really similar to our pew packers a lot of a lot of places have something very similar but they call it kids sing And their program included phrases and questions that the kids can memorize to help build their faith. And one of those questions is, what is true success? And I've never heard it said better than the idea that true success is living your life and getting to heaven. True success is living your life and going to heaven. Think about the phrase. I mean, the idea of what really is success. That's what we're trying to understand. True success. And and think about the statement. It's living your life. Um, Most of us don't get out of that. We have to live a life. We're going to do things. We have to hold down a job. We have, uh, you know, may have a family. We may not have a family. but, But for many of us, we're going to, we're all going to live our life. That is a given. But are you going to live your life and go to heaven? In Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and 46, it's described as the pearl of great price. Back before that, in verse number 44, it is the treasure that is worth all possessions. That when a man goes and he finds the hidden treasure, he sells everything that he has in order to obtain that treasure. True success is living your life and going to heaven. Think about it. What else matters? Our net worth. Our social accomplishments, our number of friends, our number of followers on social media, our athletic feats, how many vacations we went on, 
Even how much time we spend together with our family or our grandchildren. Some and many of those things may be important to us to an extent, but none of it matters if we live our life and we miss out on heaven. True success is living your life and going to heaven, which leads us to the connecting phrase that's in the kids sing questions that they ask. But if, living, if true success is living your life and going to heaven, true failure is living your life and not going to heaven. Folks, I, I can come up with all kinds of sermons. We, we could preach here for, for you know, many, many years. But it really boils down to this. We can come up with all kinds of anecdotes. We can come up with all kinds of stories, jokes. We, we can do all kinds of things. But this is what it boils down to. True success or true failure. Matthew chapter 16 in verse number 26. Matthew 16, 26. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? That's one of those that we know. That's one of those that we might even can spout off and quote just a little bit. We know that one. But do we really think about it in this context and practice it in that way? We're thankful for the financial success that some of us have and have had as it comes and goes during life sometimes. We're thankful for the friends that we have, for the influence that we have with others. We're thankful for our family, for our children and our grandchildren. But what is true success? Answer this question. What else will matter on the day of judgment? We don't have a checklist here because we know that God doesn't have a checklist on the day of judgment that will say, well, how much money did you make? You know, let me see your tax returns. Can you tell me how many home runs you hit when you were in high school? Can you tell me, you know, how many followers you had on Facebook or on social media? What else will matter on the day of judgment? What else will you be judged on? The things we just listed? Hardly. In fact, Jesus says in John 12, 48, the words, the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. So we already know the answers to that. We already know the answers to the test. It's the word of Jesus, the words of Jesus that will judge us. True success is living your life and going to heaven. Now, before we conclude and extend the Lord's invitation, in connection, let me make a plea real quick that maybe you would be with us tonight for our evening service. I didn't necessarily plan long ago for it to work out this way, but, but as we are realizing what true success is in our one-word study tonight, as we assemble again, we're going to consider heaven. I hope that if you're able, you'll be back with us as we think about a little bit about heaven tonight. But here's the other thing as we conclude. You know as well as I know that this is true success, but that as well the journey can sometimes be frustrating and tiring. Right? That's what gets us down. When we realize that we're separated from God, that we are not as strong as we should be, it's because the journey is sometimes frustrating. It's exhausting to try to continue to do some of these things sometimes. You know, I was watching, as we mentioned, the things that we define success, the ways we define success earlier. been watching Wimbledon you know, on our TV, some at home, the, the tennis tournament that's been going on. And some of those folks, as they near the end of that, You'll hear them say as they win a match in the post, you know, in the post game, the post match interview there. You know, it's been hard. It's been tiring. I wanted to quit sometimes and my team maybe encouraged me to keep going. I've wanted to stop because it's hard to practice. It's hard to keep going, but I kept going. What about we even talked about like weight loss or our health. Sometimes we, we struggle and we give up on that and we, we fight those kinds of things because the journey can be frustrating and tiring. But what is it in this life? in the spiritual journey that can make us frustrated and tired? What are the things that sometimes prevent us from living our life and going to heaven? 
Because I would suggest this morning that while the journey is frustrating and tiring, without a doubt, it will 100% be worth it. True success is living your life and going to heaven. It's why we end our sermon or our service each time with considering the Lord's invitation. Because there is no greater plea that we could make. There is no greater choice or greater decision than to understand that you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins. It is only in Christ that all spiritual blessings are found. And so a song has been selected that through its words and through our singing together, we might encourage you. As a team, as those who are working together, we might try our best to encourage you to become a child of God even this day. True success is living your life and going to heaven. You're only going to get there if you are in Christ being buried with him, raised again, raised again to walk in newness of life. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to do just that. Maybe you have and you struggle with the journey as we all do. We get tired and when we get tired, we mess up, we fall short. Maybe you're here and you're a child of God, but you need to come back to him. We're thankful for the time and opportunity. We're thankful that the Lord has blessed us with the opportunity to be together this morning, that you're not at that stage of true failure just yet. Maybe you need to make a change and come back to him. Once again, we show up. We show up for each other. And we're willing to pray with you and for you that you would be forgiven of any sin that's in your life or that you would have strength through the, the trials of this life. We're thankful that we can define success. God didn't leave us with a question. We don't have to walk around really wondering if we're going to make it, if we're successful. The things we've talked about are part of it. But true success is living your life going to heaven. Are you on the path to heaven this morning or do you need to make a change even now as we stand together and as we sing?